Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of the Wise Man's Fear, and then we talk about it. This is page 707. Quick, the mercenary said softly in a Turin. It was only when I heard her voice that I realized she was a woman. Not that she was particularly masculine, it was simply that she seemed so similar to Tempe. She had the same sandy hair, pale gray eyes, calm expression, blood-red clothes. She was taller than Tempe by a few inches, and her shoulders were broader than his. But while she was whipcord thin, the tightness of her mercenary reds still revealed the lean curves of hip and breast. Looking more closely, I could easily see three of the four mercenaries were women. The broad-shouldered one facing me had a thin scar cutting through her eyebrow and another close to her jaw. They were the same pale silver scars Tempe had on his arms and chest, and while they were far from gruesome, they made her expressionless face look oddly grim. Quick, she had said. On the surface, it seemed to be a compliment, but I've been mocked enough in my life to recognize it, regardless of the language. Even worse, her right hand slid all the way around to rest in the small of her back, palm facing out. Even with my rudimentary knowledge of Adam hand talk, I knew what that meant. Her hand was as far as it could possibly get from the hilt of her sword. At the same time, she turned her shoulder to me and looked away. I wasn't just being declared unthreatening. This was insultingly dismissive. I fought to keep my face calm, guessing any expression would only further lower her opinion of me. Tempe pointed back where I had come from. Go, he said, serious, formal. I reluctantly obeyed, not wanting to make a scene. The Adam stood in a close knot a quarter hour as I practiced the Katan. Though I didn't hear a whisper of their conversation, it was obvious they were arguing. Their gestures were sharp and angry, the placement of their feet aggressive. Eventually, the four unfamiliar Adam left, walking back toward the road. Tempe returned to where I was trying to work my way through threshing wheat. Too wide. Irritation. He tapped my back leg and pushed my shoulder to show my balance was lacking. I moved my foot and tried again. Who were they, Tempe? Aid them, he said simply, sitting himself back down at the foot of the tree. Did you know them? Yes. Tempe looked around, then brought my loot out of its case. With his hands occupied, he was doubly mute. I went back to practicing the katan, knowing that trying to pry answers out of him would be like pulling teeth. Two hours passed, and the sun began to sink behind the western trees. That's the page. I'm your co-host, Nick. I'm Drana. I'm Jeremy. I thought something more important was going to happen. You might have to wait for tomorrow's page, Drana. Oh, no, I can't wait. I need it right now. All right, well, let's end the page, I guess. Yeah, no, no, we'll it's fine. I was it's not what I meant. I was kidding. It's fine. It's fine. The scar- They all have scars from the sword tree, which obviously we won't learn about for a long time, but uh, it seems like all of them bear these these thin scars. Mm-hmm. Or at least, yeah. Um, and like, there's so much communicated in this page through body language too. Like, he's just like paying attention to like the like the way she stands, the way she like turns her shoulders, the where her hand, like the like the burn she lays on him just by like putting her hand behind her back. Essentially, like I I love that kind of like analysis of of her body language. And I kind of think she's directing that scorn at Tempe because I don't think she would expect Quoth to get it. This seems pretty culturally specific. Quoth is obviously understands enough to to understand what she's saying by like moving her hand away and things like that. But 
I don't know if he would expect a barbarian to get it. So I kind of think that she's trying to insult Tempe by making the show uh, well, at, at Quoth. But Tempe's not paying attention to that. I mean, I guess he's I mean, He there. must be because they're scrapping, right? Like, he must be because Quoth is, like, getting shoved and doing yeah. Break Lion and, and whatever. I mean, um, I, I guess and my I honestly inter- don't think that... I don't think Quoth rates very high. I forgot the name of this character. We'll, uh, we'll, I, we'll learn her name soon, as I recall. But um, I don't think Quoth rates very high. I don't think Quoth is, is worth this attention. I think that it's Tempe that she's uh, she's burning. Uh, I think that's taking it a little bit too far. I think they're just two different. Like, I think they're two different flavors of contempt, right? I think she has complete contempt for Quoth as an, like, I think she does think of him as like basically a chimpanzee in a people suit trying to like act like people. Uh, and I think she finds that contemptible and kind of like offensive. And I think that she is like deeply offended that Tempe would stoop to teach a barbarian this. Right, like it, that's disgusting to her. But I think that she's also disgusted that Quoth would like think that he could approach her and have a conversation with her like a person. I have no idea how I feel about this. <laughs> I'm still like wondering about it. Well, what are you wondering? Well, like how how she feels. Like it still feels very ambiguous to me. Like whether or not she feels contempt towards Tempe or Quoth. It's very, like, it. I can't tell who it's directed at, but I'm also not sure that I care. Like, I care that they feel a way, but I'm not sure that I care who it's directed at. I, In this particular case. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the context of it makes it pretty clear that she's d- directing it at Quoth. And... Uh, I think that this, the deal for me is sealed when she says uh, she turns her shoulder to me and looks away. I, was, I wasn't I was just being declared unthreatening. This was insultingly dismissive. I think that is directed at Quoth. I think that Tempe is also like, a, is like the secondary audience for it. But I think that the fact that she just like had to like, you know, smack him upside the head essentially means that this is directed at Quoth. All right, fair enough. It's interesting. We often say there's not much uh, to discuss on pages with a lot of dialogue. And while there's almost no dialogue on this page, there is a demic dialogue happening. Yeah, there's still a conversation happening. Yeah, so I feel like it's kind of the same issue. Even though it's not dialogue heavy, it's still hard to analyze because it's really just a group of people having a conversation. And in the end, they land on Tempe's in trouble. He has to go back to, uh, to Edemra. Spoilers, Jordana. That's what happens on this next page. Yes. I'm sorry, Jordana. I hate to. I know you're excited to learn about what's going to happen. So, Quoth is going to go with Tempe uh, to. I knew that that was going to happen. I was just. It was the details, okay? Okay. Well, the details haven't been spoiled for you yet. Exactly. Because the reason why he has to go and the reason why Quoth goes with him is what happens tomorrow. But I also feel like there's a lot of good characterization on this page, not just from this. Adem, Adem mercenary, but from Tempe, because Tempe reacts the way you would, exactly the way you'd expect a person who's just been publicly chastised and who kind of feels like maybe he was in the wrong to react. Like he, he kind of, that shit rolls downhill and he starts, you know, critiquing Quoth performing the Catan. Yeah, I can see that happening. It's sort of getting passed on. Yeah. 
We have a letter today Mailbag. from the Jade Blade who writes on Creatures of the Fae. Dear Pagers, on pages 664 and 665, Quoth talked about eating meat in the Fae with Felurian, though not knowing how that came about. Quote, I can remember our eating. What I cannot remember is where the food came from. He goes on to say that he can imagine how Felurian came by the meat specifically, but he doesn't say that he ever actually sees her obtain meat. In fact, the only creatures he's seen in the Fae at this point were the butterflies and moths that flutter about in Felurian's glade and when they go to get the material for the shade. Then in chapter 101, starting with page 667, Quoth and Felurian are in the pool and there are fish. So as far as we know, these are the only true animals that Quoth ever sees in the Fae. It makes me curious why we see the fish and some other flying insects, but never any other animals in the Fae. We can surmise that they must exist if Felurian and Quoth eat meat during this stay. Do you think that's a deliberate choice on Rothfuss's part not to show other animals? If so, why do you think that is? Sincerely and with much respect, the Jade Blade. Well, uh, as you will probably hear in an, an episode that hasn't aired yet, Quoth does see some squirrels, I believe, eventually. There are like flying yeah. critters. And there's like the little fish. Yeah, which is you know probably not enough to it's eat. Like the little like, fish in the I don't pool. think Florian and Quoth are eating squirrel meat every day. No, um, I do think it's intentional. No, just bear meat. Yeah, they, they, he does mention the bear at one point, right? And like venison. I do think that it's intentional. Yeah, they eat. They fully eat a bear. Yeah, just fully like from from snout to anus, they devour every inch of that bear. Yeah, well, it's actually I'm I'm picturing it now like that scene in The Lady and the Tramp. Like one of them starts at the snout, oh my one god, of them starts at the anus, and they meet. In the yeah, middle. then they meet in the middle and they kiss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or it's like uh, it's like a cat with a fish bone. Like it puts the fish in its mouth, and then it just comes out skeletonized. <laughs> except it's a full bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 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 a cartoon cat going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I do think it's intentional. We talked about this a little bit, but I think that it is meant to increase the magicalness, the mystery of it, and I don't think it matters really. Like I don't think Felurian is out hunting. I think that the nature of that place in the Fey is such that whatever they need is provided to them kind of by the, by the space, by the, like, I, I don't think that there's like some fae goblins skittering around hunting bear in the background and like butchering it in like a kitchen. I just think that the fae provides Valurian is not someone who needs to think about where her meals come from. They simply arrive for her. Um, who knows if that was always the case, right? Like we, we talked about how once she lived in, in the city in Myrtorineal, I think. And uh, so obviously she's like existed with other people in, in more pastoral settings. But for now, at this place in time, the Fae provides and it kind of doesn't matter. And it's kind of better that way. I think it would be diminished somewhat if we learned that there were house elves, you know? Yeah. And like when we, I think on that episode, we also kind of talk about how uh, it could be the case that like she made Quoth forget how she got them. But I think that whatever it is, the narrative use of it is Faye feels more magical if we don't know where the food comes from. So Rothfuss has obfuscated that information from us and then made a point of pointing that out. Yes. Reasonable. I don't really want to know where it comes from. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. That's the point of the thing, not to know. Uh, and we all not know all kinds of stuff on tomorrow's page. Uh, the we.